again, everyone. It's Lisa Morrell with Equine Alchemy. Thank you, and I'm so happy that you have decided to become one of our VIP members. And as a result, one of your bonuses is another conversation with Dr. Rebecca Bailey. So hi again, Rebecca. Hello. Yes, so for our VIP listeners and members, I would love for you to share with us either a case study or some more specifics about what exactly do you do when you're working with people, when you're either working with the abductees, high conflict divorces, you're bringing in the polyvagal horses, just give us a day in the life. Okay, so I think what I want to do is to do two different populations. Okay. And of course, I'm going to change variables so nobody would know who I'm talking about, which you probably okay. do anyways. But I'll do the first one would be the severe trauma. And just I, educationally, for me, I stick with the word trauma where a family or an individual has absolutely experienced a life-threatening event. I use toxic stress for other things. That doesn't mean that if you grow up in a situation where there's a lot of stress, it's not trauma. I just, in my mind, I put it in a different category. So I've had worked for quite some time with a, a woman who had her children murdered and the husband suicided. And she's actually given me permission so I can be a little bit looser without saying her name. Um, early on, the original work around this type of work was just getting her to be able to be still enough to groom the horse. So there's the like thing that I want people to remember that that very, very piece of just regulating enough to groom and be present is in itself an intervention. Doesn't need to be put into any fancier terms than that. So some of what you guys are gonna hear from me, you're gonna go, oh, that, you know, that's that, I already do that, okay. But understand when you do it, the importance of a couple things. One is a protected space, which means a place where healing can happen, where there's not prying eyes, there's not the farrier down the way, putting the shoes on in the middle of it. There's not, you know, um, the, this is not, a, I love path, but there's not a path volunteer peering over the fence, what's going on. A protected space is a truly protected space because within that space, you are creating what Winnicott, one of the greatest writers of um, psycho de uh, develop, uh, child development talked about was a transitional place, a place where they can truly feel safe. Like you wish that all children had in their caregiver's arms. So that's that piece. So very, very early. Um, the other piece, another very easy one, and particularly with this woman, was just the art of saying hello. And in our barn, we all have different ways that we show how to say hello to our to horses. In our barn, you put your hand like this and the horse nose comes and we say, this is a nose how they might say hello. If the horse does not respond by stepping forward, you step back you're not getting permission to make the connection at that point. This particular woman, horse did not want to connect with her, did not. It was um, in a paddock area, small area. She would do this, the horse would turn away, not dangerous, nothing. And, you know, of course, 
or not, of course, but her response was a lot of tears and sadness and all of that. Um, we were able to then step out of the arena, talk a little bit about what was coming up and the element of choice. And this was very early in her grief process where she really didn't want to be connecting with people. So that might be like a really bare bones. I'm gonna fast forward to her work where we began to incorporate, we being my horse and myself, began to incorporate sound. And sound, looking for musical sounds that are in the, you guys that are musicians, please don't roll your eyes. My verbiage on this is terrible. But where you're, you're rolling out the lower predatory tones, the tones that, in, that you know, make somebody startle or whatever that is. And so there's certain music, some of the woodwind music is much more in the higher, the higher tones where you're not inciting a, a fear inside a person that there is a predatory mountain lion behind the bush. And so what we found was when we began to play that, it was actually in this case, it was Indian flute tones, she could relax and the horse would come over to her. So then we did it on another day where it was less predictive when the sounds would come. And that did not help her. She, we did about five minutes, titrate it, don't do it long, where she was like this. Well, of course, even though she knew we were gonna be doing an exercise. And so then we began to talk about what it's like in the world for her to constantly be tuning into what is that message? What is that sound? So- It's been exhausting for her. And still is, and I want you guys, that's a really great, great observation, Lisa, because people that are tuned into the world is not a safe place are freaking exhausted. They are the ones that often go into a complete shutdown. They're the ones, and we even talked to, talked to trading judges of the kid that comes in is like this, you know, and you're like, this guy's just a punk. Eh, wait a second. This person may have so much in their life that this is like at the point they just can't communicate. So beginning to talk in my work with an individual on how they deal, how to identify, how to number one, and again, Deb Dana's words, how to befriend your different states to say, oh, there you are, and not be like, oh, it's that again, or I'm fight, flight, that again, to be able to go, like I said to you in our earlier conversation, your ability to shut things out became dysfunctional, but also functioned in a way that was very important. Yeah. So the horse work from my perspective, the polyvagal perspective is to help people befriend their nervous system, to help them actively experience it. It's okay to be a little afraid for a minute. Oh, and I want to connect. That is so huge. It's huge. There's this thing going around that we're just supposed to be like this all the time. Absolutely. Or, you know, some of the um, folks in the neurodiverse world also get say, you know, we can't always be ventral vagal that assumes that this is the right place. It's not. It's this is the center of connection, communication, compassion. But a lot of people can't reside there. And, and all of us go through it all day long. I mean, that's what we do. Is that so, why everybody's adrenals are shot? <laughs> Everybody's adrenals are shot and, and um, that is, they think that a lot of the roots, so a lot of the amino, um, amino, autoimmune, thank you, autoimmune <laughs> things, there's also a lot of research going on and stimulating the vagus nerve, I will never pretend to be that I am 
you know, not more than who I am. So I, I defer that over to those guys, but, right. or yeah. those women, whoever are doing the research. There was something else I wanted to say. Okay, so this particular woman at this perspective, we were, were about two years ahead, paying attention to anniversaries, to a pulling back, all of that. At this point, she actually will come over and will be able to with somebody up there at the barn, brush the horse, take the horse for a walk, the same horse and connect with the horse and put the horse back. And it's actually quite beautiful. She never rides the horse. Um, she's never asked to ride the horse. She didn't need to ride the horse, but it's been very, very powerful to watch her evolution. There have been more you know, exercises. We have the Jace Foundation has some very simple equine cards, like take a walk with your horse, noticing what Wonderful. they notice you know, things like that. So that's the uh, Jay's Foundation. The The cards are not very complex. We can put those. Okay. Those good. are listed below as well. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's some of the trauma work. Um, as I said, sometimes I will have my equine, Margie McDonald, equine extraordinaire woman with me who I've been best friends with for 40 years. When I used to show, she used to coach me from the sidelines or try to now she doesn't coach at all anymore she just does this work with me and with other people um she will also sometimes be present if particularly in a case i had another incredible case multiple family members murdered one one child survived by the luck of i don't know what or the curse depending on how you look at it really honestly with the trauma and so i had margie come in with me for that because i couldn't hold all the realities at the same time and what was fascinating in this was the horse my horse who i've never seen do this for 20 years would not stop yawning would not stop yawning wouldn't stop wouldn't stop wouldn't stop when we pulled her out to the arena, the woman and said, okay, what was that like for you? What, what did you experience? She immediately blew up and said that horse is bored sick with me like the rest of my family who had left her. And it was really interesting. So that's where I say not to bag on any other theories, but it's really important to check out what the perspective is of that person. Because if she had gotten in the car and drove away thinking that 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 would not have been helpful to her healing. I mean, people have distorted narratives already before they come see us. So in that case, Margie was able to give her animal behavior ex explanation. Right. And not make it about her. Right. So right. that she would just yeah. listen. Okay, so this is this is outside of myself. So I don't I can feel safe about that. Yes, yes. And I was able to give my somewhat simplistic human piece, you know, which which on purpose was, you know, right. that horse really wanted to help you feel better. So, okay, and then I'll go quickly into the um one involving a law enforcement, which I just this is one of my recent I, I just okay, I just ahead. want to go back to that. Yeah. So you just to that was just so beautiful. I'm taking time to process here. Okay. <laughs> um, thresholds, knowing what she could handle. Yes. Yes. And one of um, I had the the wonderful opportunity to get to know Temple Grandin a little bit and talk with her about. And we actually did a video with her for the Red Barn on um, autism 
police and responses, et cetera. But one of the things she really helped me understand, which some of you horse people already knew, was that threshold of 20 minutes or more, and then it's very difficult to get back to baseline. And that actually really changed me as well in my dealing with children and horses and you know personal children was like understanding you have to, if it goes on too long, you get to a threshold that then takes ex, exponentially more time to get back to a grounding spot. The other so thing should, she taught we me- We should keep this to 20 minutes? What? So we should keep this to 20 minutes? Think, yeah, we should. <laughs> and then, but, and then <laughs> there was another thing that I always thought, and I'm just gonna throw this out. Just She also told me to be sure to respect and understand old research. She said in her lovely, you know, beautiful voice, she said, you know, everybody wants things new. And, you know, there's so much old out there. There's no reason to throw it all out. And I love that. Yeah. So you guys that are newer in the field or dinosaurs like us, don't forget the articles and the research. There's a lot of wisdom out there that just because it's 2009, 2011, doesn't mean it's not useful. I know that was completely tangential. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's it also aligns with the ancient wisdom of the horse. Yes. Yeah. True. They're very. They don't have to learn anything new. Yeah. They depend on what they already know. Yes. So anyway, you were going to talk about another situation. Oh, just very quickly on the subject. No, I, I was kidding about the twenty minutes. You don't. Have oh. to. <laughs> <laughs> on the subject of this has been working with law enforcement. I just had this really great experience where. They get, we sort of did a sort of egala type exercise, meaning, you know, okay, we're going to ask you the old box in the center of the arena and without touching or in a way that's comfortable for you and the horse and each other, ask the horses to go in there, right? Because old, old egala. Mm -hmm. Difference was we also, we looked at the beginning of the exercise. So in this particular case, they kept picking up the rail. And every time they picked up the rail, the horses would spook and run. So this went on for like, I'd say about 10 minutes where, and the horses were fine. It was a big, big field. It wasn't like, you know, that they were in any distress that I knew of, but you know, they'd pick up the thing over their head and just would go flying on the other side. And so after about, I'd say eight minutes of this, actually, I, I stopped and I said, so are you aware that your action, I said, what's going on? They said, the horses are scared the horses are really active or something. And I said, are you aware that your action is causing a reaction? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, okay, think it through. And then this one officer said, oh my gosh, when we pick this up, the horse over there sees it and runs. Like, okay, stop. What does that say about the action of you on another individual's nervous system? And it was like one of the coolest aha moments. To me, it was very subtle. This is another case of like, if you guys ever do law enforcement training as coaches, whatever, be very careful not to have lots of people around. They're very, very, very protective and very prone to shame. That is the truth. But you say that last part again, they're very prone, prone to, to shame because they are many of them. And we can go on on a whole nother thing about, you know, law enforcement and the bad guys There's a lot of bad guys, but there's some good guys out there. And they really bought into the PR of the sort of hero sense when they went into the business, maybe not as many as there used to be. But the point of that whole story was like the action in the arena was really about understanding the action 
and the reaction of the horse and not so much that was it i mean we didn't that that was all we ended up doing then we put the poles down and they each had to go up and say hello to one of the horses and that itself became the exercise that's the adaptability and the flexibility of the model you you change i mean basically change horses midstream depending on the need of what's in front of you exactly and that is so huge i can't say this enough so thank you very very much for bringing that up horses do that horses are not invested in a certain thing for the most part, unless if you studied Linda Kohanov's uh, five roles, uh, the immature dominant already, does one wanna be an immature dominant? <laughs> but for the most part, they, they are very aware of what's going on and they will adapt accordingly all the time, all the time. And uh, for those of us who think we, like it's been people, people at my students ask me, okay, I have a coaching session with this person. What should I do with them? And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> we haven't had a conversation yet. We don't know what the weather's going to be. We don't know how they're going to be. We don't know how the horses are going to be. We don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that big challenge in evidence-based research. And we're actually doing a research study looking at self-regulation and co-regulation of people getting ready to testify. And in that case, we have to have a set protocol, which is grooming, connection, walking with, you know, we have to. And, and that's, we need some of that in our field. We need some evidence-based criteria to say, but this is what's helpful. But we really need to understand that true healing resides in authenticity and genuineness. You know, particularly for people that have experienced perpetrators or have been in, well, per, I'm saying perpetrators where it's really ingenuine. People that have experienced that are hyper alert to, are you real, are you not real? So if you come at it with an evidence-based protocol, you might get adherence in the session, but the ability to carry it out of the session is compromised. Oh, interesting, interesting. They're complying as though. Yep. Yep. You know, and now that, now that you just said it that way, Lisa, that's like with some horses that comply as if so, you know, you see them and then you, you see them, you know, doing their job or whatever it is in the show ring. And then boy, you take them out in a trail and they just, you know, they comply they don't know what to do. So it's really, I mean, in my mind, true connection is really about co-regulation and regulation. It's not just about compliance. That's yeah. So in one case, the depending on who you're talking to, and this is something that's so important because it's not just about doing the exercises, it's knowing who you're working with. Yeah. Grooming and a strict protocol with a little bit of room may be perfect and all they can handle given their threshold. Whereas the others have to have a protocol because they don't know what to do in any kind of a free flow environment. They don't trust it. Yeah. But if, if, if you can notice them noticing, or you can catch that moment when something else might be happening as the facilitator, therapist, coach, then it can deviate from that protocol and become something completely different. It, it can, and I, I also, I mean, I, I definitely op operate on the seat of my pants at times. I really do. And that's well, why I drive people crazy when I Well, work. you and I, that's why. <laughs> Let's try that. Well, let's do that. <laughs> I, 
also want to say something that I'm really working at, and maybe when you go to the Polyvagal Equine Institute, we'll be learning more about the art of humor. And um, if it is authentic to you, if it's not authentic, it's okay. It doesn't mean, you know, bad, 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 but the art of humor, the connection around humor, I truly believe one of the highest level of defenses is humor, as long as it's not used too much. And so sometimes with the equine work, we really get humor in it. You know, the horse farts when you're walking up to it and you can just look at each other. It's just so important. And it's such an important variable for regulation and co-regulation. I think you and I share that. I use humor a lot and people don't, it's not for everyone. It's about how does it work for you? It's not, like you said, it's gotta be authentic. Yep, and you got to check it out sometimes too. And you might even have to, like in my case, I'll have to say, you know, I got to be really careful. Yeah, uh, I get, I, away, yeah. <laughs> get away with a lot with my humor that somebody else might not. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So that authenticity and horses are authentic. So yeah, that's another part of the horse wisdom. It is. Well, Rebecca, thank you again. Is there anything you want to leave us with? Any, uh... I'm so happy to be reconnecting with you. And I, I have seen the field evolve so much since the early 90s. It's incredibly exciting. When I started out in the field, I was told to tell nobody I did this work. It would be embarrassing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so here we are. And the new, the new horizon to me is collaboration between the different orientations. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. There was such a kind of competitive oh. that was going on that I yep. did not understand. Yep. And we need to bust it. EGALA, Arches, Pone International, you yeah. know, all the other ones, PATH. We all need to start saying, oh, what do you got? I got this. Right. I don't know that we're there yet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. But this is part of it. This is yep. this is definitely part of it. Uh, inviting different people to come together who uh, are like-hearted. Yep. As well as like like uh, like-minded and who love horses. That's the that's the thing. And right. don't forget to get my new book. Even though I will warn you, it's a little less. Um, it's more narrative. It's not research based, but it's got a lot of my heart in it. That's all I'll say. And it will, the link is below. <laughs> oh, right. well, 1 800 ask 555. <laughs> All right, you. Mwah. Okay, Take love care. you. Thank you so much. Bye. All right.